0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Driving Home from the Subway Series edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast, The Yankees. Defeat the Mets five to one. So we have a split of the 2019 subway series. i tell you, I just got in my car. I'm actually getting out of the lot very quickly, which is nice to see. This was a very tough game to get through. And I understand you're probably thinking it's because the Mets suck and they lost and their offense did absolutely nothing after Jeff McNeil hit that home run. But it feels like I just bathed in sweat for three and a half hours. It was incredibly hot. I wore shorts and a t-shirt. It's not like I was overdressed or anything. It was so humid. And I got to tell you, the game was tough to watch. I mean, it it was a three-hour, 20-minute game, whatever it was. Jason Vargas, especially in that fifth inning, did not want to throw the baseball home. It worked, I know that. I think he may have frustrated Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez and everybody, but it was just very difficult to watch, especially because over the last few innings, we knew the deal. I mean, we just, we knew the, the we, we, we knew the Mets were not winning this game. That's what we knew. All right. We knew the offense was doing nothing. And I was surprised because I, I said this to my dad about five minutes before first pitch. I thought this was going to be a high scoring game. I thought this was going to be an eight to seven game with the Mets probably losing. But I thought we were going to see a lot of runs. I thought Jason Vargas was going to get hit hard. He pitched better than I thought. He wasn't great, but he pitched better than I thought. And I thought the Mets were going to get to Domingo Herman, and I felt smart when on the first pitch of the game, Jeff McNeil hits a home run. But boy, after that, Herman was tremendous. He threw strikes. He was nasty. He really, really settled in. And it felt like every hit the Mets got after the McNeil home run was a shift base hit. I mean, I'm serious. Every hit was a ground ball, whether it was Michael Conforto going to the left side, whether it was Pete Alonso going to the right side. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. I mean, shift hits are great. It's a hit. But that's how meek this offense was. They did nothing. Couldn't it, Chad Green? Couldn't it, Domingo Herman? By the time the crafty Nestor Cortez came in, this game was over. And let's face it, all right? And I'll get to the Yankee angle in a second. If you're a Met fan, is today not another example of really what this season is? And what I mean by that is... They suck, right? They're not good. They didn't deserve to win this game. They didn't hit. Vargas was mediocre. The bullpen gave up runs. So all of that is fair. So I'm not saying they lost the game because of the manager, but today was one of those games where it reminded you how inept Mickey Callaway is. I mean, and this is perfect because they did not lose the game because of Mickey Callaway. I will make that clear. They didn't. It's like I have to, I have to emphasize this, that I'm not blaming him for the loss. But here's your caveat. This genius manager that the Mets have says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let Jason Vargas hit with one out and a runner on to lay down a freaking bunt. I'm going to give an out away. You don't hope Jeff McNeil comes up with a two out hit. I mean, the guy's hitting 350, but hey, even when you're hitting 350, you fail 65% of the time. I'm going to bunt. I'm going to give a freaking out away so I could bring Jason Vargas back to face Glaber Torres and Didi Gregorius when we all knew if you bring him back, genius, he's probably getting hit. Jason Vargas is not Zach Wheeler. He's not throwing 115 pitches. He's not Jacob deGrom. We all knew this. We know this. And and what's worse than Vargas pitching the inning was letting him hit the bunt. Honestly, if I have to pick which part of that brain-dead decision was worse, to me it's that. You're going to give an out away. You've done nothing offensively all night. Go to the bench. Go to JD Davis who of course can't play today because hot streaks don't exist. And so you're just giving out away. Think about the last two games in this series. How many times have they bunted with the pitcher just handing it out to the Yankees? You're not that good offensively and you're giving them outs? I digress because I know that this did not cost them the game. What cost them the game is that they didn't hit. They did nothing offensively. But even in games in which it isn't the manager's fault, you look at him and you say, he's not a very good manager. Did the Mets suck because of Mickey Calloway? No. But is Mickey Calloway one of the five worst managers I've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. I think he's really, really, really bad. And sometimes the Mets' patheticness overshadows how bad of an in-game manager he is. I mean, you, just give the out away. There's one, You know, if there's nobody out, I still hate it, but I kind of get it. One out! Let's give another out away. And here's the other thing I hate about the Subway Series. Right now, uh, I'm lucky. I got out of the parking lot really, really quick, but now I am just sitting in traffic, getting on the Whitestone, and a part of it is because the Mets were out of this game for the last three innings. So people got a head start. They're already on the highway. They're already on the road. And now it's going to take me probably 15 to 20 minutes longer than it would have because it's the Subway Series. Meanwhile, if they're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight, you know, I'm, I'm flying right now on the Whitestone. I'm flying. So for everybody who loves the Subway Series, what is there really to love The lines are longer. There's more people around. Yankee fans are like, and not all of them, but they're trying to start arguments. I don't want to argue. The Mets aren't any good. I don't want to argue. I got the whole, hey, this is the Mets World Series. Let me tell you something. This is not the Mets World Series, okay? The Mets could have won all four of these Subway Series games. I could give a rat's ass. I, I would care in the moment. Because I'm a fan, and I always want my team to win. I'm at the game. I'm investing time. I want to see them win. But this idea that beating the Yankees gives me joy, you know, gives me extra solace in my Met fandom. Give me a break. If they're both good, right? The the teams are equal. They were equal in 2006. They were. I wouldn't say they were equal in '99 or 2000, but they were both good, right? They were both very good teams. I get it, because you're probably arguing with your friends which team is better. And then there's, like, sort of legitimate bragging rights. The Mets could have won every one of these games 10-0. What am I going to say? I'm going to say the Yankee fan were better? I'm going to say, yeah, we, we're we better than you. We're 15 games out of first place. You're, you know, 30 games up. but We're better because we won four games. So, that, that annoys me, and I, I shouldn't be triggered necessarily by that, but it's... It's frustrating because it's not true. Now, speaking of trigger, I am now finding myself to love this aspect of interleague play. So this is something I do like about the Subway Series. I'm about to tell you, I love when they're at City Field. And something, you know, crappy happens to a pitcher, like Domingo, her mom, looks like he never saw a bat before. So he's really, really pathetic at the plate. And what I love is how triggered the Yankee fans get and the American League fans get about how awful the pitcher hitting is. It's just, it does make me laugh. And if you're listening right now and you're saying, come on, Evan, the pitching hitting sucks, what are you doing? You're going to win this war. I am starting to accept that. I am starting to face the reality that I'm going to have the DH and the pitcher hitting is going to be a relic of the past and I'm going to lose this war. So can you just let me enjoy the whining and bitching and the softness that we see from American League fans that cry that pitchers can't hit? And what I mean by softness, I will explain my point on this. So... If you're not good at something, right, if my son is not good at something, I would tell him to work harder. I would tell him to study, I would tell him to try. If he's not good at throwing a baseball, I'd say work at it. Work ethic matters, effort matters. You know, basketball players don't become great just because of God-given talent. Sure, that helps, sure it's a big factor, but you gotta work, you gotta work hard at it. And it bothers me that there's this attitude of, well, this guy can hit, he's a pitcher, let's save him by having a DH. How about you work on it? There are so many examples of pitchers who have worked on their craft and they become better hitters. And so when I hear the arguments of, well, no league lets the pitcher hit, well, maybe you should change that. Maybe you should have pitchers hit. Maybe they should work at it. Maybe Domingo Herman should take more batting practice instead of whining and bitching of, oh my God, he's so terrible. We need a DH. We need a DH. Look, I'll tell you this about Bartolo Colon. So when Bartolo Colon first came to the National League, it was a joke how bad he was hitting. It was comical. And by the end, he not that he ever became a good hitter, but he became respectable. And he became respectable because he worked at it. And so it, it does kind of bother me. It's a statement on society that instead of saying, hey, work harder, have pitchers put more effort in it, maybe in the minor leagues, instead of saying, hey, if you're below A and it's not an all-National League affiliate game, we don't have the pitcher hit, maybe you do have the pitcher hit. These guys are tremendous athletes. You can't tell me if they actually took batting practice and actually worked on it and actually hit at the lower levels. They wouldn't be better at it. They would be. So I take it as this just easiness, this laziness in society to say, they're not good, so let's do something about it. Where does it end? I mean, where does it end? So look, I don't wanna make this whole thing an AL, NLDH argument. I also, the, the other thing that bothers me is, I respect that the DH exists, I really do. It's been in the American League since 1973, I respect it, and I never, other than giving you my opinion on it, cry during an American League game about, all oh, this DH is terrible. And all American League fans do is cry about it. They get so triggered about it. Oh, my God, a guy got hurt. Again, softness. Oh, my God, he struck out. He's terrible. Softness. Get over it. But I love it. I really do. I love seeing... Uh, I, I would call out individuals on Twitter that I saw cry after Domingo Hermann struck out. or No, no, it wasn't the Hermann strikeout. It was when he bunked it into the double play. Oh, my God, the tears just flowing through their eyes. And, again, I'll end it on this. Let me enjoy it because I fully understand that eventually I am going to have to learn to live with the DH in the National League. Now, a couple of things about the Yankees. I mean, Gio Urshela. should we just call this the Gio Urshela game? Some of the defensive plays he made in this game, I thought I was watching Brooks Robinson. I thought I was watching Scott Rowland. I mean, you name any great defensive third baseman. He put on an absolute clinic today. He obviously hits that home run. It looks like he hurts himself as he's running around the bases. He stays in the game. I had a friend of mine text me. It was a Willis-Reed moment. Uh, I'm going to let that one go. He's an upset Knicks fan. You know, still trying to rationalize how somehow Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant didn't pick the Knicks, but they picked the uh, little Brooklyn Nets. So I'll let him live with the Willis-Reed comparison. But boy, oh boy, G.R. Yashela's been amazing. He really has. And... It's a testament to the development we've seen. Because instead of just assuming, boy, the Yankees got lucky with Gio Urshela, maybe we got to give the Yankee coaching staff credit. You know, maybe we actually have to do that. Because Gio Urshela, not just offensively, where I know he's cooled off, I know he's not playing every, every single day. Guy's still hitting 300. Guy's still hitting the crap out of the ball. And he certainly has a role on this team. Uh... The Vargas fifth inning was bad for baseball. Can we just all admit that? Now, did he do anything technically wrong by throwing over and treating DJ LeMahieu like Ricky Henderson? No, I didn't do anything wrong. But you never want your sport to become unwatchable. And I love baseball. I've said it a million times. It's my favorite sport in the world. But that fifth inning became unwatchable. And did it work to an extent? It probably did. I think he frustrated Gary Sanchez. I think he frustrated Aaron Judge. And he got outs. But to throw over, I, how many times did he throw over in that fifth inning? For DJ LeMayhew. It, wasn't, it was not Billy Hamilton from three years ago, you know? It was DJ LeFreakin' Mayhew. But, look... It worked. Vargas got through it. And as I mentioned earlier, Vargas was fine today. I mean, he is still the fifth starter on this team as well as he's pitched. And to go five innings to keep the team in the game, he did his job. What failed the Mets today is their offense. And I got to tell you, and, you know, Joe and I are not going to do a show together for a couple of weeks. Uh, He is off Friday. I'll be doing a show whenever you're listening to this. I assume you're listening to this podcast before Friday. Uh, And then I'm off next week. And then he's off the week after. But – I got to bring this up to Joe because he always talks about the Mets offense and how it's good and it's 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 been fine. It's been average. You know what I mean? It really hasn't been that good, and I think the ineptitude of the Mets bullpen has kind of made you forget about that. Now this has been an average offense. They've gotten a great year out of Jeff McNeil. They've gotten a great year out of Pete Alonzo. But when you look at the totality of this offense, there's been too many games like today. Now, today was... Also, Domingo Herman pitching well, and I gotta hand it to him. I thought he looked great today. Again, I mentioned at the top I was surprised he did. By the way, if you want play by play of where I am right now, I am going over the Whitestone Bridge. I don't know if they've renamed that yet for some other politician, but that's where I'm at. It's very nice, no traffic. I've gotten through the mess of getting, you know, not out of the parking lot, but getting onto the highway, and I'm flying home. My ETA. My ETA is 36 minutes. It should be quicker. There must be some kind of traffic on the Hutch. I don't know. I'll keep you posted depending on how long this podcast goes. What was I saying now? Yeah, so Herman. Domingo Herman's intriguing because the Yankees need to add a starting pitcher. I don't think there's anything Herman can do over the next 4 weeks that would make you say they don't need to add a starting pitcher. Same thing with Severino. I mean, we're not going to see Luis Severino before July 31st. So any plan Uh, about adding a pitcher can't have anything to do with Severino, but I'll make you, I'll tell you this. The guy they need to add is an ace because Domingo Herman could be a solid rotation piece for the next two months. I think he's definitely shown you enough over the first few months of the season to say he deserves to be and remain in this rotation, but I don't think there's anything he can do I don't think there's anything James Paxton can do. He's been so up and down this year. We know about j Happ. We know about CeCe Sabathia. And I think we now know the deal about Masahiro Tanaka. Masahiro Tanaka has a lot of El Duque in him. And I've heard Francesa say it. He's right. I completely agree with him about that. So what Cashman really needs to do is not just add depth, not just add a starting pitcher, but go get the jugular. And outside of Bumgarner, there's no one out there that fits the bill. It really isn't. I mean, Max Scherzer is clearly not going to be available. And I don't know if there's anybody else that we're just not thinking of. Hey, I'll tell you. You know who looked good on Wednesday night, tonight? Sonny Gray. 11 strikeouts, 8 innings. You should go trade for No, I'm just kidding. Obviously. Obviously, I'm kidding. But they've got arms in this rotation. Now, this idea that the Yankees don't have pitching, of course they have pitching. And they've done a fantastic job with the whole opener situation with Chad Green, who pitched well today. So unlike in the past when Cashman has added arms whether it is way back when and it's Denny Nagel whether it's Sean Jacone whether it was a guy like Sonny Gray or a guy like Jay Happ this needs to be the ace and I know it's tough because right now I look around baseball I see one ace available I see Madison Bumgarner I do not see another I like Marcus Stroman he's not an ace Zach Wheeler clearly is not an ace And I am very skeptical that the Mets and Yankees are making any kind of deal together. Not because of Cashman, and not because of Brody, but because of Jeff Wilpon. But today was very encouraging, if you're a Yankee fan, as far as the depth of the rotation because of the way Herman pitched. And with Severino coming back, and with Herman now healthy, depth isn't the issue. It really isn't. The issue is a top-line starting pitcher. That is clearly... What they have to target. Anything else from this game? I'm trying to think. It was a real dud. I mean, give the Yankees credit, they won it. Good for them, they got a split out of this whole Subway series going into that big, big four gamer with the Tampa Bay Rays. But it was just blah. And that's the thing about the Subway series. Yeah, they sell the place out. Of course, they sell the place. Half the place, Yankee fans. You know, it's not as if, well, they sold it out because Met fans came in droves. It's the same amount of Met fans here tonight as they'd be here for the Philadelphia Phillies. In fact, there's probably less because Yankee fans filled up the rest of the ballpark. You know what makes me sad? If you are under the age of, I'm 35, I'm going to turn 36 next week, all right? So I'm about to hit the big 3-6. But the first ever Subway Series was in 1997, all right? I was 13 and a half years old. So if you are under the age of 30, you don't know what baseball is without the Subway Series, and I understand that. And now I'm going to sound like an old relic. What saddens me is how cool the Subway Series used to be, how special it was. And you can't say it's still special squarely because they sell the place out. That's not enough of a reason. Here's how you know it's not special. It's not special because it no longer has a buzz, it's not special because you don't anticipate it days ahead of time. It's not special because I could cite everything from 97's series and 98's series and the six games in 99 and the six games in 2000. And you want to tell me the World Series ruined it? Okay, a little bit to do with it, but I think the novelty of it running off ruined it. And so every time there's a Subway Series, I think about that. I think about how I do not remember anything about last year's Subway Series. Very random rare stuff do i remember now what can you do to make it special oh crap i'm not now the traffic shows up it's 10:56. that's when i'm recording this on july 3rd 2019 i'm on the freaking hutch and now there's red on google maps and we know what red means Red means I'm about to get my ass kicked in a little bit of traffic when all I want to do is go home and watch WWE Network. Now, nah, there's something else I want to do, but I'm really not going to get into it right now because it is not, uh, it's not not—it's not something I should talk about. But there is something else I'd like to do when I get home. I'll leave it at that. I'll stop it. It, it may not even be anything that crazy. I'm just leaving the mystery. But if they could make the Subway Series... Maybe once every three years, they'll never do it. A la Jets Giants, once every four years. I think that would help. Uh, I think making it only one series per year, as opposed to the two and two or the three and three, that would help. But I don't dislike the Subway Series because the Yankees kicked the Mets' ass. I really don't. That's not my problem. And and this year was a split. It was a boring split. It's that. It's lost its luster. And citing a sellout is ridiculous considering there are two fan bases filling a stadium too. So I don't think that's the best determination of the hype, if you will. Anyway, I'm done. The Yankees won. The Mets lost. The Subway Series is over. And this has been, I'm driving home and now I'm frustrated because I'm sitting in traffic edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. I will tell you, if you haven't listened to John Minko, the interview, you should. We did three parts. Uh, They were fascinating. Part one is about the birth, (laughs) the birth of Minko. Now, Minko growing up, growing up Minko. Part two is about the birth of WFAN, some never before heard stories about the origination of our radio station. And part three is Minko's play-by-play more on the birth of Mike and the Mad Dog and Minko's emotional announcement of retirement towards the end? You should definitely check that out next week on the Evan Roberts podcast, the SummerSlam retrospective, a little historical retrospective of the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam. Coming up in a couple of weeks, a roundtable discussion recapping the Brooklyn Nets off season and a discussion recapping the New York Knicks off season with Super Nick fan, Brandon Tierney. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. I am going to go sit in traffic and curse everybody out. Goodbye.